Women's Power to Heal Mother Earth I am Maya Tewari. In this episode of my podcast, I want to address some of the major cognitive disconnect that wars create. First off, the loss of lives, the desecration of our social welfare, human welfare, the murdering of children, of soldiers, the loss of homes, the loss of limbs, the loss of lives. But not only is humanity desecrated by wars, regardless of the justification for them, the playing field is Mother Earth. And the amount of violence, of absolute inhumane violence and action of abuse that we put upon her is indescribable. It is unbearable. If we humans cannot carry the load of the cognitive disconnect and dissonance that wars, violence, racial divide, the hatred, bitterness, and angst that are produced from the state of war, how do we expect the Great Mother, the Great Nature, that we so take for granted, to survive, to be there for us? Each war has brought with it not only the failure to bring humanity together. No one wins in a war. At the present time, with Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, Russia herself is losing $40 billion a day in her economy. Now, that is only the economic loss. So many of the Russian population is against this violent, vile attitude of Russia against the Ukraine or China attempt against, I guess it's Taiwan that they are looking at. We need to stop these great powers from further desecrating our lives, our humanity, and our time on this earth, as well as to stop the wreckage inflicted upon the great mother earth. I'm not discounting the loss of lives, but we are only as sentient as we maintain and sustain the goodness, the beneficence of Mother Earth. Let's look at some of the cognitive disconnect of wars. For example, uh, what is currently playing out in our world today. 
Mr. Putin says that he's trying to denazify, meaning to make less Nazi, eradicate Nazism from the Ukraine, which is hilarious, sad and hilarious at the same time, when we know that the Ukrainian President Zelensky is Jewish by birth, with many of his relatives who were eradicated by Nazis in the Holocaust. His grandfather, Semyon Zelensky, fought in the Soviet Union Red Army of Russia, for Russia. And now, 70 plus years later, after World War II, Germany is at hand to aid Ukraine. If we look at the whole political divisiveness in our world, in each of our government, no one is exempt here. We see how there is absolutely no logic, no rationale, no justice, nothing that meets the measure of justice, that is. There's always this play that is dissonant and creates a cognitive disconnect. As you know, my many decades of work has been invested in the protection of Mother Earth, ways in which we can understand her grandeur and the anatomy and her network of memories, vibration, of food, and the way this is all connected to each and every living species of her lands and waters and air, but most especially to human sentiency. If we look at what wars have done, we can clearly identify the damages done to Mother Earth because most of the chemicals used, most of the gases used, most of the deterioration of our earth and our land and our water and our air and our environmental crises come from the design of wars, from what comes after wars, from what is produced during the war and the bad, terribly inhumane sciences that produce these things to justify provisions, to justify whatever it is the, uh, the chemical warfare is about. The 21st century can be seen as the time of our worst food shortages, the push for our food security, for neoliberalism in foods, and so on. The past 50 years, more than 130 million people died from food shortages, malnutrition, famines, death, Today, we stand at 90 million people currently living in the state of crises. The food problem was not always this way. We can draw the equation, the parallel between what began to need food security, the terminology of food security, food safety, from the direct result of wars, the direct reasoning behind wars, the direct illogic of it all. Wars 
are not licit operations. They may be approved by countries and governments with their own self-interests or what they believe is the interest of their own nation, but wars are never licit. Over the period of time, famines have become increasingly a science-made phenomenon, clearly attributable to political causes, tyrannical government, conflicts among nations, the phantom of massive food shortages, whether real or imagined, has been with us for at least the last century, well, let's say, since World War I. With World War I, we can contribute these incredible elements into our Mother Earth. The pollution of water and air, the toxic chemicals in our food, animal abuse in factories, overuse of antibiotics, the later GMO genification or modification and engineered foods, cellular agriculture, and now moving on even more progressively into, into other scientific, what they call improvement, which is abhorrent to the very nature of what we call food or the sentiency of Mother Earth. Today's global food system is about profiteering. Conglomerates leave us with food insecurity, obesity, and a cross-species barrier of diseases that threaten the health and welfare of the entire world population, I would say. Let's look, for instance, what happened in 1914. We had the introduction of chlorine, chlorophycine, phosgene, sulfur mustard, gases, all of which continue to be used in our world, on our earth, after the wars have been completed. In the 1930s, we introduced the G series of nerve agents. 1960s, the V series of nerve agents. In 1990, Novichok nerve agent. Chemical weapons and agents that come in four categories, choking, blister, blood, and nerve gases. The agents are organized into several categories according to the manner in which they affect the human body. Imagine what they do to Mother Earth as well. The names and numbers of these categories from source differ from source to source. However, it is only during and after military operations of these wars, World War I, for instance, where we have chemicals, defoliants, herbicides that destroy vegetation not immediately toxic or poisonous to human beings, or at least not known immediately. Their use is classified as herbicidal warfare. Some batches of Agent Orange, for instance, used by the British during the Malayan emergency and the United States during the Vietnam War contain dioxins, which the impurity Rather, dioxins rather than orange agent itself have long-term cancer effects. Uh, 
carcinogenic, causing genetic damage, leading to serious birth defects, serious diseases, most of which come down the pike later, like the viruses we are now looking at. They have used incendiary or explosive chemicals such as napalm, extensively used in the United States during the Korean War and the Vietnam War. Because their destructive effects are primarily due to fire or explosive force, and not necessarily the direct chemical action, their use is classified usually as conventional warfares. Viruses, bacteria, and other organisms thrive from the explosion, from the introduction of these very harmful, very toxic, anti-Earth intelligence. And this is all classified as biological warfare. Toxins produced by living organisms are considered chemical weapons, although the boundary is blurry. Look, at some level we all know that these extraordinary weapons, chemical weapons, approved by so many of the governments are used not only in war but continue to be employed after war for profit, for the destruction of Mother Earth, for the creation of man-made fodder which they call food, and so on and so on. It is truly a miracle of the human spirit that we are still alive and surviving in some degree, with some degree of emotional, mental, and psychic sentiency. Every time we have a war, we pay dearly for it forever. It all simply adds to the already phenomenal chaos that each war leaves behind the legacy of every war has been to kill Mother Earth, to desecrate her, and to continue to desecrate the spirit of humanity. In my new book, which talks about food for one must be food for all, we talk about neoliberalism, and I go into a great deal of extent in this book because we need to understand from all different perspectives, from the perspective of what were bequeathed to us by the wars, the chemical warfare, biological warfare, environmental warfare, that it may look so innocent. Did you know, in the 1996 Food and Foodways issue, which clearly delved into the political social ramifications of war upon the food source, meaning the war on food, this issue talked about food in the multidisciplinary way, including the analysis of our social history, consumer studies, and the cultural anthropology of it all. But to make it simple, let me say this. They informed that the use of food is a powerful and compelling metaphor in American literature to express emotions and sentiments about the war. The significant changes wrought by the war to the South, for instance, South in the American during the Civil War, and to the individual rural Southerners who moved to such cities in search of higher paying work, the promotion of one of the best known symbols of American culture, 
Coca-Cola to explore the connection between food and war. Okay, um, I may not be making a lot of sense with that quote, but let me put it this way. The American military commissary has reshaped not only the American diet, but the world food source as well. There are many threads and themes explored in the work of the Food and Foodways article that talks about the current state of food within the U.S. military using commissaries as a case study where the growth of that network has simply influenced all of our foods. Brand names, foodstuffs found in the commissaries such as Kraft, mayonnaise, cheese slices, Keebler, cookies, Rice Krispies, all packaged foods, for instance, most of the cereals, uh, canning in tin cans, all of it were created to aid our soldiers and to aid food consumption during the war by the military, but it also became branded into the American Society of Food. The introduction since World War II of military shopping complex has worked hand-in-hand with military-industrial complex to construct the erroneous image conveyed transnationally that the American soldiers and military families are basking in the abundance of, yes, post-CW post cereals and cookies and powdered cheese and canned foods, etc., etc., etc. This has been introduced into the American society and into the world at large because everyone emulates America's steps in, in whichever direction she goes. Canned foods were originally designed for soldiers and travelers who could not access freshly cooked meals. Immediately after World War II, surplus provisions were provided into supermarkets and manufacturers, mostly to ensure their own survival, but it began the marketing trend of canned and packaged foods, meaning food that has very little life force in it, food that were already beaten down to fodder, and that it kept us alive, but basically had no health value. And from there on, we went on into the into many other food techniques, such as the Green Revolution, the GMOs, the engineered foods, and now into, uh, oh my goodness, the smart dust is on its way as well. And we'll talk more about that in another episode. It demands quite a few episodes on its own for us to truly understand what smart dusting is about in the American society. But as I said, it's not just American society. What America does influences the world. This has been part of her grace, her beneficence, as well as the back end of the disgrace and the pollution that we are creating the world over. We have to begin to understand that every bit of the suffering that we are experiencing on Mother Earth is a direct result 
of what has been created for wars during the wars, whether it is to feed the soldiers and the military or to broadcast it at large as the thing to do in our American marketplace and our supermarkets and into our homes and kitchens and into the bellies of our children. We need to understand that these egregious actions, this very bad science can only continue to contaminate our lives, our sentiency, meaning our ability to think, to be clear, and to be humane, and to follow the tenets of what humanity or what being in a human body is about. So, we need to know the effects of these horrific states of war upon not only your human body, but upon the body of our great Mother Earth and all of the grievances that we are facing. This goes beyond nations, beyond cultures. The effect of the unwholesome, the not salubrious, the toxic effect upon the entire food source of the world, upon the entire earth, is the direct result of political strife and wars and the inane justifications these leaders have for such wars. Greed, possession, power. But we do have a voice. And my question today is this. Why is it that the dark forces can mobilize so very quickly at lightning speed with the greatest rapidity? And where are the light forces? Why is it we have so many divisions in the light forces, so much individualization that we cannot mobilize at any rate that is even 10% the speed of the dark forces. This is something to think about. And this is my worry. Thank you for listening. Peace be your journey. Please contemplate what I'm saying. Until next time. Peace be your journey. And the goddess bless you.